Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. You're a wizard, Jimmy. Hey, you're a wizard, Anara. What's up, everybody? You're watching and listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And it's time for Commander Christmas. It is time to talk about some decks. Yep, we're going to be beginning our pre-con review season here. We're going to review each and every one of the pre-cons starting there are a lot yeah we're (laughs) gonna start with the inala or the wizards deck is there a name to it arcane wizardry i believe arcane wizardry very arcane indeed uh wizards of course one of magic's well most well-known tribes uh i don't know if many people predicted wizards would be one of the tribes in commander 2017 but i'm pretty excited that that i think it was the last one revealed and i think some people were surprised that originally the art got let out and a lot of people thought it was clerics. Based oh, on the art. clerics! Whoa. Yeah, just because Inala kind of looks like. True, she's doing a clerical thing, a raising, ritual. Yeah, well, she's a ritual arch, of sorts. Archmage ritualist. So yeah. Um, so we're gonna do a review of this deck, basically like we always do. So it's gonna be as if you bought the precon and you want to do some maybe quick tweaks and upgrades. It's not gonna be about you know rebuilding the deck from scratch or anything and just sort of a look at the deck who you might want to run as a commander um Mm -hmm. what it wants to do just so you know maybe how you're going to play it because we're big advocates of taking these decks and playing them straight out of the box first um especially if you can in this environment with the other three just because they're designed that way and it tends to be really fun and one way that you can play this deck straight out the box is thanks to our sponsor cardkingdom.com slash c17 that's where you're going to want to go and get your sealed product such as these pre-constructed decks it's a great place to get it, especially if you want fast shipping if you're not close to a store around you and you just want to get it to your doorstep go to cardkingdom.com slash c17 and you can order your commander product there yeah you'll get it super fast and you want this stuff as soon as it comes out so pre-order it now using the affiliate link the other sponsor for the show is Ultra Pro. Ultra Pro has a ton of the stuff that kind of goes along with the product. So like we've been talking about in the last few episodes, the deck boxes, which are themed yeah. to match all the Eminence commanders. They have a play mat that also has the same art. They have sleeves, each one of these. Here, we'll show the sleeves. Oh, yes. Like these ones have Anala on them. Yeah, you have um, Anala in hand every time you play this deck. It's pretty good. Uh, although if she's your commander, you technically sort of have that anyway. True. Uh, the sleeves are actually, we've been talking about how they... 
have done the sleeves in what we're calling the Eclipse technology, so you can see how they're sort of different colors on the inside, which... It's another layer of printing yeah. between the sleeve and the actual back of it. It makes it sturdier, it makes it hold up a little better, and the shuffle feel is nice as well, even with these full art sleeves. Yep. All right, and... Oh! The Done. final way. Yeah, sorry, well, I almost the forgot. Final, one of the most important ways to support the show is through Patreon. You can support us directly there for as little as a dollar an episode. And we do one thing where we call out a Patreon episode, a patron per episode. And this week we are thanking Justin, Justin Joseph. Joseph. Another first name, first name. Two first patron. names. Two superheroes yeah. in a row. Justin. Pretty cool. You rock. Thanks, buddy. All right, let's move right into it. The Commander 2017 Wizard Precon deck review. Wizards of the Coast made the Wizard deck. Who would have thunk it? Um, <laughs> one of the things that we want to do with this is to essentially help highlight what you can take out of the deck to make it better, but we're not talking about stripping it all the way down and building a deck from scratch. There's a lot of good pieces in here, and also we're aiming this towards people that may not have infinite budgets, and this is just a really quick and easy way to upgrade the deck without making the complete overhaul. Yeah, so maybe like 10 to 12 cards that we think could, could easily go in and what you might take out. Um, and also just a good general look at the deck to see you know, maybe what you might think about while you're playing it, just knowing yeah. what's in it and, and where the deck's leaning. So totally. well, let's start with the new legendary creatures. There are four. Now, one of them you can't actually run as the commander because it's two color. So this, I'm going to read that one first. That's Tygam, Sadisi's Hand. Uh, it's three, a blue and a black for a three, four legendary creature, human wizard. Tygam says, skip your draw step. That seems bad. <laughs> at the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. So you still get to draw the normal amount of cards, uh, but you sort of filter, you get selection, and you're filling your graveyard. So yeah. that seems good. And then Tygam also has an activated ability. You can play a black and tap him to exile X cards from your graveyard. Target creature gets negative X, negative X until end of turn. Yeah, there's actually a very similar Delve card, I think, in Concept Dark here that did something to that effect. It seems cool. I, I like, you know, I think having that on a stick is always good, being able to just kill a creature for as little as one mana. Um, Although you have to have cards in your graveyard. You're going to be able yeah. to do it uh, often, and I'm assuming a Tygam deck would have a lot of self-mill. The whole skip your draw step thing is a little troublesome. Even though you do get card selection and you're drawing a card, I, you know, I'd rather draw two cards instead of one. Especially if you're, depends on the play group, but if people are playing Howling Minds and things like that, all of a sudden you're skipping more than one card. It can be bad. It can bite you. Um, yeah. This is an interesting card. It's not going to be the lead singer for this deck because it only has two colors. So it's not even in contention. I don't think you'd want to anyway. You need a very specific deck built around, around Tygam. Totally. Um, do you want to read the next one? Yes. The next one is going to be Kess Dissident Mage. And we're going to have a full episode about this, by the way. because With Alex, Alex Kessler. Yeah, who's got to preview this card online because it shares a name with him. Uh, one blue, black, and red. So that is Grixis, full Grixis. You can play this as a commander in this deck, and it's also the same cast and custom chase of the black, the black rose, the greatest card of all time. <laughs> it's a three-four legendary human wizard with flying. During each of your turns, you may cast an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. If a card cast this way will be put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. So we talk about this a lot, but pretty powerful. Yeah, it's kind of the Carador of instants and sorceries, right? It exiles it, whereas Carador doesn't but it has a very similar effect. I think that card's very strong. Uh, that would be in contention, I would say, as a possible sort of choice that you could uh, use as your commander when you're running this deck. We'll talk right. about that in a minute. Um, the next one's my favorite potential commander from the entire C-17 set. It's Marisil the Pretender. One in Grixis, so one blue, black, and red for a 4-4 legendary creature, Human Wizard. When Marisol enters the battlefield, you may exile an artifact 
or creature card from your hand or graveyard and put a cage counter on it. And then Maricel has all activated abilities of all cards you own in exile with cage counters on them. You may activate each of those abilities only once each turn. Uh, we've compared Maricel to Sylar from Heroes where kind of stealing the abilities from other things. And so eventually Maricel has like a ton of abilities. Yeah. You know, a bunch of utility. When she um, lasers the brain out of their skulls, they go into exile. Yeah. Including artifacts. So Marisol can become a Gilded Lotus. That's can also very become a Mana Vault without having the untapped Untap. clause. It's yeah. just the activated ability part, which is really cool. So, yeah, that's that's interesting. Something to think about. Uh, and then, of course... And the leader, the, the the lead singer of the deck is Inala, Archmage Ritualist, who is two in Grixis, five total CMC, for a 4-5 legendary creature human wizard with Eminence. And we talked about Eminence a bit. Eminence is an ability that triggers and works whenever your commander, uh, all four of these commanders, have it when they're in the battlefield or in the command zone. Eminence, whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, if Inala is in the command zone or on the battlefield, you may pay one mana. If you do, create a token that's a copy of that wizard. This token gains haste. Exile at the beginning of the next end step. And then she has this interesting tap five untapped wizards you control. Target player loses seven life. Um, five wizards cool. is a lot. It's a lot. You, Unless you're you, making a lot of tokens. Yeah, true. Uh, and if you have five wizards, they're probably going to want to do something better than that. Yeah. Um, but the token thing is interesting. She kind of like temporarily recuse something, but only for one mana, right? It has to be a wizard, but that's a very powerful ability. So before we choose who we're going to sort of suggest to you to run as the, and it's not going to be a big surprise, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> before we choose, we want to do our famous segment, which is <laughs> stats. 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 Oh, we got an echo machine. Yeah. Too. We've upgraded. It costs so, a lot. Let's go through the stats. Uh, card draw, there's about 11 card draw cards. About what you'd expect from Wizards, they're very good at drawing cards, so that's great. Um, you know, Obviously, we usually like to have 10. Ramp is 6, so a little bit low. There's about 10 targeted removal spells or effects. That's a lot. 10. Usually, we're at, we want around 5 or 5, seven. yeah. And there's about 4 board wipes. Yeah. So interestingly, you know, on our pillars of the format uh, statistics, the wizard deck is, is pretty close. The ramp's a pretty little close, low. The yeah. removal's a little high. Um, how many wizards total in the deck? 30. It's a lot. That's a third of the deck, and yeah. that's about as many lands as you put in these kinds of decks, too. So, and and from the deck building template, we know that if a, if a deck cares about a certain thing, whether mm -hmm. that's instants and sorceries or creatures or specifically a tribe, you usually want somewhere around the realm of 30 to 35 of that thing. So we're right there, which is good. Um, and then, so we know Kess cares about instants and sorceries. So I looked at how many instants and sorceries are in the deck. There's about 18, hmm. which is a, a, a decent amount, but I don't think it's enough to really warrant it being a Kess deck. 18 is like not like none. You're going to draw a couple per I game. I feel like that's about normal for yeah. a deck anyway. So be, Yeah. Um, and then so then I was like, well, what kind of activated abilities are there, tap abilities for Marisil? And there's about 10. Now, I didn't count necessarily all the mana rocks, so maybe there's closer to 15 mm -hmm. of those. Um, but again, if you got 18 cards for one commander, that's that's Kess. You got about 15 activated tap abilities for Marisil. But you have 30 wizards in the deck, which is what Anala wants. It feels like you really want a Nala. Yeah, as I think the commander. That, I think it actually goes the same for all the decks. You kind of want the main. They the main usually commander. build it that way, but every once in a while we've seen somewhere yes. I'm like, you know what? I would run this commander instead because they didn't actually build the deck to take advantage of this sort of quote unquote main commander. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to check, and it also sort of tells you what your strategy wants to be. Um, there's also a category 
that I called recast or reclaim stuff from your graveyard. So there's some stuff that like reanimates your own creature or gets an instant or sorcery back from the graveyard. And for that one, there's about six to seven cards. Tygam is one of those. Or Kaomancer. Yeah. So there is some sort of general recursion. So what does this tell us? I think it tells us the overall strategy seems to be like value town, Mm -hmm. you know, with reusable activated abilities, enter the battlefield effects, um, especially because Anala can sort of give haste to a creature in a weird way, right? So if you cast a wizard, you pay one mana, you make a copy of it, but that copy has haste, and you only get it until the end step when it gets, yeah. when it goes away. That's almost like creating the same creature with haste, right? Yes. It's good. There is, you know, If the creature has a tap ability on it, then it's even you better. You can use it right away. Um, however... Yeah. Not so good with legendary creatures, as is as something we learned on game nights. Yes. Actually, it's just you. Obviously, if you make a copy of it, you have to choose which one stays around. So it just turns off our ability, basically, unless yeah. you want to use it right away for some reason, which maybe you do. Um, and then you know the the value thing also is because of the recursive abilities on some of this stuff tells you that you know the deck is kind of value oriented, right? Grixis is, is definitely a value color base. Yeah. Um, rampant card draw. I think the tra- draw looks really good. 11 card draw spells. That's great. It's going to make the deck more consistent. You're going to hit your land drops more. Yeah. But your ramp is a little low with six cards. You need a lot of ramp in the deck like this. You're Especially since copies. Anala actually needs extra mana to yeah. activate. So you already know it's going to be a little mana hungry. And there are cards in here like Nivix Guild Mage and stuff that want you to use mana. So the more mana you have access to, I think the better. I think this deck needs to ramp. Yeah. So what's you doing. probably that's one of the things going to be on our list that we need to add is ramp. Board wipes and targeted removal. We talked about this a little bit. You know, you kind of expect the Wizards deck to have a lot of tricks, a lot of instant speed stuff. Um, a lot of spells. As a result, we got a ton of targeted removal. In fact, I think it's almost too much targeted removal. I think I'd rather have some more proactive cards yeah. and lose a little bit of the targeted removal. Especially if Kess isn't going to be your commander and it's supposed right. to be Nala. Maybe they put in more for, you know, the, ch- the times you do get Kess out and you get single target removal. But otherwise, I think Anala does not want that much. Yeah. Um, Board wipes are good, though. Yeah, four board wipes is a good amount. Uh, I think that's right in the wheelhouse of what we would want to see. So so that feels good. So let's go to the best cards in the deck. So this is where we talk about some of the cards that I think really can make the deck go or or you're really looking to leverage in a good way. Um, That's a good one. Yeah, Azami, Lady of Scrolls. I mean, this may be the single best wizard you could put in a deck like this to pair with Anala. I mean, statistically on EDH Rec, I know that Azami is always the wizard tribal commander with the most popularity. So that's sort of the go-to wizard commander. Because think of with the tokens, she works really good, right? You make Anala token. So let's say you play another wizard. Yeah, yeah, what Azami does is you can tap an untapped wizard you control to draw a card. I used this in Game Night's episode 8. But yeah, with Anala, you're making a token with haste, and sometimes your wizards, a zombie's at zero two. For you example, you don't actually right? need the haste for a zombie's ability either. It's like yeah. the downside. So you just need wizards. You just need wizards. So you play a wizard, make a, a token, tap them both right away to draw two cards. Pretty right, right, right. good. Like a, a zombie yeah. can tap herself. Yep. Yep. Uh, can also tap Anala. Yeah. Not inside the command zone. But yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting because you're not going to really want to attack. The haste on Anala is not for combat. It's for activated abilities and stuff. So if you're not attacking with them and they don't have an activated ability, then why not tap them for a card? Seems pretty good. Pretty good. Um, the next one is a really innocuous card, but I think it ge- gives us a good roadmap of sort of where we'd like to push this deck yeah. with, you know, with sort of small changes this card uh, when we first there. get it. Yeah, and this card was really impressive. It, it was played in game night. 
Game Knights, it's Seagate Oracle, it's Tuna Blue for a 1-3 human wizard. But when Seagate Oracle enters the battlefield, you look at the top two cards of your library, you put one of them into your hand and the other onto the bottom of your library. So you get to look at two cards, pick one, but with Anala, you pay four a blue total. and three colorless, yeah. make a copy of Seagate Oracle when it comes in, and you do that twice. I mean, that's it's now better than Muldrifter, kind of. Yeah. Because well, you're you looking get at four selection. cards yeah. and picking two, kind of, yeah. You don't get a 2-2 two, two flyer, but it's yeah. commander. I don't think that's going to be your top priority here. Yeah, I mean, the fact that it's a 1-3 doesn't really matter. So that card is the perfect kind of card in Anala, and actually, as we move forward, we're going to talk about it, but you want more of that of cards as like that. As many as you can get, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this this next one's really interesting, and it sort of led us to think about a, an interesting path that for the types of effects you might go for. So yeah, Silumgar's command three a blue and a black for an instant, and you get to choose two. It's a modular spell. You can choose either counter target non creature spell, or return target permanent to its owner's hand, or target creature gets minus three minus three until end of turn, or destroy target planeswalker. If you're in blue black, you almost play this in every blue black EDH deck, as far as I can, I'm concerned, because you never want to waste a slot on just destroy target planeswalker. But now That's that great you great to have it, yeah, this is an instant speed spell that can do two things. You can counter a non-creature spell like a planeswalker. You can return. You can bounce a permanent, so you can bounce a land to someone's hand if you wanted to. So it's a very powerful card. Also, considering that Inala wants you to cast wizards, it's very possible for you to like counter their spell, bounce your Seagate Oracle back to your hand play it the next turn to draw two, the best two cards out of the top four again. So the fact that Silumgar's Command is sort of reusable that way. Also think of like Archaeomancer. You can get in yeah. this infinite loop where you counter non-creature spell, right. bounce your Archaeomancer back to your hand. Now Silumgar's Command is in the uh, graveyard. You replay Archaeomancer, copy it, get the Silumgar's Command back and something else, and now you have Silumgar's Command again oh, to wow. rebounce the Archaeomancer and start yeah. going, getting in that kind of loop. And there's m- multiple ways in the deck where it's possible to build multiple ways to have that kind of chain. Mm -hmm. So now you're sort of locking things down with supreme amounts of value, I think. Yeah, that's really effective. Um, Just any modular spell, I'm always a big fan of. Yeah, especially when you can choose two. Now all of a sudden you're getting to bounce a guy, you know, one of your wizards, and do something else. So good. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about some cool new cards in the deck. So some of the cards that are new to Commander 2017. Um... This one is called Bloodline Necromancer. This is also in the Vampire deck, but it's a Vampire Wizard. It's four and a black for a Vampire Wizard. A 3-2 th- a with lifelink. It says when Bloodline Necromancer enters the battlefield, you may return target vampire or wizard creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Hey, to the battlefield. Yeah. So that's going to trigger Anala's ability. For five mana, you are getting something just straight back out there. And you pay another mana, get another thing, because yep. you create a token that's a copy of it, which would get something else out of your graveyard. And then when those things come out of your graveyard, it's possible to make copies of the things you bring back in. It's possible to almost make tap five untap wizards you control to make a target player lose seven life. Might be, <laughs> Yeah, it might be possible at that point, because Bloodline Necromancer basically represents up to, what, one, two, three, four, five, six wizards. Yeah. You have to have a lot of mana, which is another reason we want ramp. But that card is seems pretty amazing. This one is really interesting. Portal Mage. Two in the blue for a flash 2-2 two, two human wizard. When Portal Mage enters the battlefield during the declare attacker step, you may reselect which player or planeswalker target attacking creature is attacking. Whoa. So think during about that. the declare attacker yeah. step. It's a very interesting step because this step usually just involves you turning your card sideways. It needs to be attacking already. Right, so, they have to declare their attacks, and then once attacks are declared, you can flash before you move in. to blockers, you have a chance to respond, and you flash in Portal Mage, and you get to make a copy of it. Right, so, so you remember get two creatures. Huh? Yeah, 
and you can say, oh, that thing that's coming at me, it's actually coming at Jimmy. Yeah. You know, or it's actually going at Gideon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, You can redirect to a planeswalker. Really interesting. You can also just make people sacrifice a creature. Let's say someone swings it at someone with a consecrated sphinx. But like, we're going to redirect it to the guy with the Uthvara Hellkite. That's a really good point because a lot of people, times people will be like, oh, I got this sphinx. I'll swing at you because, you know, you don't have any blockers. Yeah. But I wouldn't and this put thing it might in die danger anyway. otherwise. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, what's interesting about this card is that Annihilator triggers will happen before you're able to redirect yeah. the creature. So you can't, like grab a causal like and throw that someone else and have them be annihilated right those that triggers, triggers are, already on the stack yeah they attacked you so yeah. you're just redirecting the attack itself anything that happens on attack will not get changed still works pretty good against like blightsteel colossus or something though. oh my goodness <laughs> just out of nowhere where it's like you know what jimmy i'm gonna give you one more turn to live and then whoop, whoop. sorry no, buddy i'm not giving you one more turn to live um so those are two of the cool new cards we went over a bunch of the new cards uh just in general in the first look episode which we did previous to this so we're not going to talk about every single new card. There's a bunch that are sort of shared across the decks and are still decent in this deck. Um, let's talk about the worst cards in the deck. So these are some of the cards that we would probably take out because they're probably not good enough uh, to put in there or to keep in there. There's First of all, there's the curse cycle. Right. So this deck actually has the most curses, I think, of any of the decks. It has three. It's got all three, huh? Yeah, it's got Verbosity, Disturbance, and Opulence. So one for each color. I don't think these cards are abysmally horrible i just think you can do better mm -hmm. yeah they do stuff i just don't think they do enough i would recommend not taking them out at least once just to see what happens because maybe your play group is one that is affected very much in a good way by it maybe your play group just knows how to play around it and maybe your play group isn't enticed by the curse you know and the you know so it, playing in this environment i think they're fine all these decks want to attack except the wizards deck so yeah. it does sort of make sense but in a normal play group there's a bunch of decks that don't care about a t combat damage or attacking so the curses just don't work and then with good players you're giving them a choice and you can expect that they're going to make the correct choice, which is not act according to like a small upside, you know, yeah. when it really matters. And so I, I think Verbosity would do the best. Yeah, uh, because you're cards. you're already but drawing. You're cards. the Wizards deck. You're not attacking people. True, but here's the thing: is if people are coming after you, seeing what you've done with Anala, because she's very powerful. True. So maybe, but who knows? Yeah, I was just playing with them at least once and see what happens. Um, another card to. I think to take out is Vela the Nightclad. Ah, this is one cool of the reprints. Card. Yeah, and it's a cool card. It's four blue black for a legendary human wizard of 4-4. Four, four. Has Intimidate, which means this creature can't be blocked except by artifact creatures and or creatures that share a color with it. It says other creatures you control have Intimidate. And then whenever Vela the Nightclad or another creature you control leaves the battlefield, each opponent loses one life. It works with the tokens, right? Because the tokens right. leave the battlefield, which I think makes it seem like it's a good idea. The problem is... It's expensive for a 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. And if that's all you're getting from it, it's not that great. And it really is all you're getting from it because you don't care about the Intimidate. You've got Wizards. Yeah. They're 1-3s and 2-power two, two stuff. They ain't attacking. Yeah. That's not how you're beating people. Yeah. Yeah. Veil is interesting. I'd much rather just have like a... Um, you can't copy her because she's legendary, right? Right. So that hurts. Wouldn't you just rather have another type like a, Seagate just, Oracle type of effect? Yeah, that or, or if you want that kind of effect, go for like a Blood Artist. Something yeah. that's way cheaper, way cheaper and will do the effect Although over a long Although for Blood Artist, I think they got to die. Vela says leave the battlefield. Yeah, that's true. Because I, mean, I think the tokens are exiled. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe but so. But yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Like there's other things that There's do other things that. that are, if you're going for that kind of effect, that's not, you can't look at one line of text in a 10 line card like that and be like, that's the reason why I'm putting for this six in For six yeah. a lot of mana. Um, another card that we think is one of the worst cards in the deck is 
Evic Skilled Mage. Yep. Yeah, so it's a blue and a red for a 2-2 creature human wizard. And this card normally is awesome, right? You do one blue and a red to draw a card, then discard a card. Cool. And then two a blue and a red to copy target instant or sorcery spell you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. If you were playing the cast deck, I could see the Evic Skilled Mage maybe making it in there. But yes. This yes. is a really good limited card, and it's not that good as it scales up because four mana, three mana, and two mana, it just it ends up being more expensive than I think you'd like it to be. It's too much to loot. You want to fork a spell, right? you got to pay four mana. You're just not going to get to the point where you can can fork it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because, I mean, what are you going to fork? Like something that costs five mana. You need nine mana now to do that, really? Yeah. yeah. And it's not a good tar target to copy for tokens because it doesn't actually do anything like Seagate Oracle when... There's no enter the battlefield effect. Yeah, and you can't just copy any instant sorcery. It has to be your own. Yep. So. Um, so let's talk about the notable reprints, hashtag value, for value. this set. So there are there are a number. We're going to talk about sort of four of them. Just just so you know, there is some good value in the set. Um, Haven Ghoul Lich is one. Three, a blue, and a black for a zombie wizard. Four, four. Has an ability. You can pay one, and it says you may cast target creature card in a graveyard this turn. So you can kind of Carador, but from anybody's graveyard. And then when you cast that card this turn, Haven Ghoul Lich gains all activated abilities of that card until end of turn. So Haven Ghoul sort of Silers something. Yeah. Not I good, love this obscure Siler reference that you know, nobody's no really going like, to know. No one's like, yeah. who watched Siler Heroes anyway? Yeah. Um, doesn't work that great uh, with Inala, I don't think. It's okay. It's value. I don't think it's amazing. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's like At a, least it's not legendary. It's like a mini Mare Cell. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like a kind of a worse one. Yeah. But, you know, there's value, right? You play it, and if it lives, you can start casting stuff out of other people's graveyards if you've got the right mana right. colors, right? Or at least your own. Just get some value out of it. Yeah, definitely. It's not the worst. It's not the worst. It's not the greatest. I'd love to see a Heaven Gold Lich Marisol deck go off, though. Yeah. Um, another one is Nin, the Pain Artist. Nin is blue and red for a 1-1 Vidalcan Wizard Legendary. <laughs> You can pay X a blue and a red and tap Nin, and then Nin the Pain Artist deals X damage to target creature. That creature's controller draws X cards. Uh, I actually think this is quite good in the deck because you can just use Nin on your own token. Oh, that's right. To draw a whole bunch of Because they're going to die uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, because the token goes away in a turn, correct. And again, you can use it as removal on somebody else's thing. You can also sort of negotiate with them. I'll let you draw a bunch of cards. Don't, yeah. don't hurt me, that kind of stuff. I think Nin, Nin is a very good deck on her own. Uh, but in yeah. this deck, I think she warrants keeping. That was Kessler's, I think, original blue-red deck. Was yeah, there. yeah. So. And it's a good deck. Um, Marchesa the Black Rose got a nice reprint. Hello, my beautiful. Welcome back. Um, obviously a very powerful card, but just a wizard. And a legendary creature, so you can't duplicate with Anala. So it actually isn't doing that much in this deck. Because it, it works for attacking, right? Mm -hmm. she, she gives all your creatures dethrone, but that's an attacking... That's a combat damage-based mechanic. That's not Indeed, something your yeah. deck wants to do. These colors have almost zero ways of putting plus one, plus one counters on creatures as well, so you're not going to be able to benefit from the other side of that anyway. So Yeah, so I think Marchesa is probably not good enough to keep in the deck. Um, to create pain, however, oh, you keep is. that one in the deck. Yeah, yeah. Six black, black, sorcery, destroy all creatures that can't be regenerated. Draw a card for each creature destroyed this way. So eight mana wipe that draws you potentially like 10, 12 cards. Pretty good. Um, especially if you're annulling something too. I mean, you need a lot of mana to do it at that point. Um, it also has cycling for yep. three black black, and when you cycle it, all creatures get minus two minus two in the turn. So you get a card, you pay five mana, and you could potentially kill a huge chunk of the board. So, and it's way harder to counter uh, yeah. cycling. So, a decree of pain, very good card just in general. And that one was getting spendy, so I'm glad mm -hmm. they reprinted it. 
Um, so those are sort of the nor- notable reprints. Again, that doesn't mean we want to keep them in the deck necessarily. I think Marchesa probably comes out. Uh, yeah, I would take her out. But it, it is nice to know there's some value in, in there when you purchase it. So, okay, out of the box, how does this deck feel? Bad. It feels unfocused. How does it win? That's that's the really good question. Casting about the deck. spells? When you look at the deck, you can't really find a good win condition. It's It's trying to do what sort of the classic EDH strategy of like attrition you out over time by outvaluing you. But yeah. most of those decks have something big at the top that they're going to get to. Tooth and Nail, get this combo, Rise of the Dark Realms, Insurrection, this reminds Crater me Hoof my, Behemoth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This reminds me of, of the very first deck I ever built, which was a blue-black, like, haha, I'm doing tricky things. Right. But at the end of the day, it's like, are you attacking anyone? Are you doing any damage whatsoever? Yeah, you're spinning your wheels. That looks great, but then the, you don't go anywhere. Yeah, and, and yeah. you're just going to get iced in a single turn. So yeah, that th- needs to happen. Yeah, I think you want to add some win conditions, a couple of big flashy things that you can do or you can build to. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go on, speaking of that, to... Even like sack outlets would be good in this deck, too, just because of the tokens. Get, get a little mana back. I think the curve is a little off, too. There's not as much lower-end stuff. And the fact that when you play a wizard, you need to pay one extra mana to really get full value because of a null and make right. a token, you want some two and three CMC wizards. You want more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you are, you want more enter-the-battlefield effects, too, because that's really what a null is good at, Seagate Oracle. Is like you play something, you make a copy, you get double the enter the battlefield effects. You kind of get a panharmonicon effect when you do that, as long as you're using a wizard with an ETB effect. So yeah. I think those are ways we want to steer the deck to take advantage. And this again, this is a small upgrade. We're not going to be talking about major overhaul. We're talking about you know a dozen or slightly more cards. Um, so let's let's move on to the cards to add department, the part um, that's the most fun. What is you, it? What are the cool stuff you're going to put in and why? And these are, these are things we're thinking about. You know, that we're just going to list some stuff, and you can make a choice based on what you've got or what your budget is, uh, what you want to add. We're not going to say – I mean, now I'm going to say it, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time on, like, Cyclonic Rift and stuff that's just, like, obvious. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Put, Snapcaster Mage if you have it. Baby yeah. J – or Kid Jace. Sorry. Yeah. Jace. Um, Kid Jace. Prodigy, yeah. yeah. I mean, duh. Put in the good stuff if you've got it. You know? Yeah. We're not going to say the staple goes in every, you know, Vandal Blast, that kind of stuff. Yeah, can't put the Prophet of the Crufix in here, unfortunately. So I think the first category is Wizards with Enter the Battlefield effects. This is sort of going to be the heart and soul of your deck, the meat of it. The The basic theme is I play a Wizard with an Enter the Battlefield effect. I pay one mana. I get that Enter the Battlefield effect twice. Right. So with that in mind, this is a really good one. Ether Adept. One blue blue for a creature. Human wizard. When it enters the battlefield, return target creature to its owner's hand. So it's a man of war, but it's a wizard. So you get two for the price of one. So for four mana, bounce two creatures to their perm- uh, creatures to their owner's hands. And one of those creatures can be the ether adept. Mm-hmm. So you bounce one of theirs, one of your own, the oh, ether gosh. adept. Replay it. Do it again. Replay it. Do it again. You can it's, get in this capsize loops. Yeah, it's a uh, sorcery speed capsize. Yeah. So. The fact that for four mana, you can basically bounce something with buyback. Yeah, that's actually kind of absurd, especially if you pair it with some of the... um, We'll talk about the flash cards you can play in this deck later. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Uh, Another really good one is Baron Master Wizard. I'll let you read it because I can't see that angle. One blue blue, legendary human wizard, one one. Uh, You pay two mana to sacrifice a permanent and return target creature to its owner's hand. So the permanent you sacrifice can be the token. Right. And then you can return one of the other things with an ETB to your hand so you can replay it. 
the tokens are absurd. Yeah. They're just like free fuel for you to use because most of the time, if you're copying something, it's like, oh, great. This is a 1-1. One, one. This is a 2-2. Two, two. I got my value for when it enters the battlefield, yeah. and now I can use it to bounce the original and replay it and make another copy. Just yeah. think. Baron yeah. is legendary, so it's a bit tougher with yeah. him. But but you're going to have tokens lying around if you're casting more than one creature spell a turn. Um, a new card that is not expensive is Champion of Wits. So Champion of Wits is three mana for a 2-1. Two and a blue. And it says when it enters the battlefield, you may draw cards equal to its power if you do discard two cards. So you loot twice. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you, it, it al- sorry, it also has Eternalize. So it's five blue, blue to Eternalize it, which means it comes in as a four, four. Yeah. And in that case, you look at the top four cards, keep two of them and discard two. Uh, or, sorry, you can discard two cards. You, you, you draw, f- yeah, you yeah. draw four and discard two at that point. The thing comes is, back. Champion of Wits, basically in this deck, reads four mana. Do it twice. So draw four cards, discard four cards. Yeah. But that's just really good card selection. You're going to be able to find the best cards in your deck that way. Two blue blue. Tap. Return to Coastal Wizard and another target creature to their owner's hands. Activate this ability only during your turn before attackers are declared. Well, hey, first main phase when you want to cast a copy of Coastal Wizard. For five mana, you can tap it and return it, the token, or the original copy to your hand. And then another target creature. So you can bounce another creature or your own creature. This card's sick. Yeah, it's, utility real, here. it's really good with, again, the copies. Because they have fancy. haste, and you don't care if you send it back to its hand. Right. Uh, Better just send the original, you know? Yep. And uh, then next turn, you get to bounce another thing. It's like you're getting these interesting locks with a lot of these cards. Yeah, I think there's a lot of these kind of loops. It's not a full lock unless you have infinite mana, but it's it, it definitely can sort of hold a lot of things at bay. Yeah. Uh, Speaking okay. of cards, you want to bounce back to oh, your hand. This card's really good. So dual caster mage. We found a home for it here. It's, Finally, jeez. It's one red red. For a uh, human wizard, it's a 2-2, and it has flash. And when you cast it, you basically fork something. So when it enters the battlefield, you copy target instant or sorcery spell, and you can choose new targets for the copy. But for one additional mana, you do that again, so you're going to copy something twice for four mana. And then you're going to find so many ways to bounce things back to your hand, and you can just hold up dual caster mage with one extra mana against everyone for the rest of the game. Scary. Dual caster mage is very good in a deck like this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Not much else to say about it. Hey, here's another card that I've always wanted to put into a deck. This is sort of wizard tribal, but yeah. it's still it has utility too. You know, we were saying you don't you're not worried about combat, um, but there are other reasons to put one one counters on. So this is Sage of Fables. It's two and a blue for a two two Merfolk wizard. Each other wizard creature you control enters the battlefield with a one one counter on it, but you can pay two and remove a one one counter from a creature you control to draw a card. So you think like, oh, you make a token, it's gonna it's a wizard, it's gonna come in with an a one one counter, and then if you want, you can pay two mana and remove the counter from the token. Maybe you can get a free card. hidden. Yeah. So I just think the fact that it draws you cards, pumps your wizards, yeah, you, you those tokens have haste. So there are gonna be times when it's like, well, I might as well do three damage to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. This last one's a gimme, Dead Eye Navigator. Um woof. This is really good with the Nala because Nala says when a wizard and non token Sorry, when another non-token wizard yeah. enters the battlefield. So you can get the token copies from Deadeye's blinking of the thing. Okay, oh. and then sort of like, we remember we said we need win conditions. Yeah, wizard time. Right of replication is a good win condition. So it's two blue blue for a sorcery, has kicker five, and it says create a token that's a copy of target creature. So for four mana, you get one copy. But if you kicked it for the additional five, then you get five of those tokens instead. It's the same rate as Anala. You get paid one mana for one copy. Yeah, you just get five of them. Um, you cannot, however, uh, trigger Anala because they are tokens that come into the battlefield. Right, but Red Replication's non-token. sick yeah. because it's like, I want five Blight Steals. 
I want five of whatever you've got, or of my own thing, because a lot of my stuff has Enter the Battlefield's effects now. Yeah. I'm going to double those up. Think of it with Dual Caster Mage. It's so good with Dual Caster oh Mage. Oh, my gosh. Because it goes infinite, right? As long as you're targeting something else. You kicker it at one of another creature. You Dual Caster to copy it. You copy your Dual Caster. Now the Rider Replication copies the Dual Caster, which brings in... Five more dual casters, which copy the right of replication, which copies the dual caster. You do that a million times, and then you redirect all the million copies to one of the other things. Don't forget to put Perforos in this deck at that uh, point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, the best way to play a spell like this, because it's a sorcery, is at instant speed. Yep. And what better way to do that than our favorite card of all time, now that the Prophet of the Krufix is gone, Vidalkin Orrery. Yeah, it's very important, I think, in these decks to be tricky, to hold your mana open, to be able to play things at instant speed, all your enter the battlefield effects. There's actually three ways. Uh, there's more, but there's three main ways to get that done. Vidalkin Ori is one of them. Yeah. Uh, Leyline of Anticipation is another one. And then there's a, a wizard-specific one, kind of. Yeah, I love this card. Teferi, Mage of Zalfir. Yep. Teferi is two blue, blue, blue for a 3-4 human wizard. Has flash. Says creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield have flash. That's great. That's yep. what you're casting. You're casting creatures for the most part. Yep. They're all wizards within their battlefield effects. And then also says each opponent can cast spells only any time he or she could cast a sorcery. That's also absurd. So you slow down your opponents, you're sped up. So the gap is widened, right? Yeah. Between the ability to respond to things. And this also shuts down their Vidalkan Orrories and stuff, right? Yep. Or does it override it? Uh, no. Oh, no, it's a layer effect, yep. so this goes on top yep. if they've already cast it. Yeah, yep. Teferi's great. Um, Teferi's great in so many different ways. The If you've noticed, by the way, most of the cards we mentioned have a bunch of blue in their mana cost. So if you do decide to do this, and we don't talk about the mana base in this episode, and you put these cards in, just you know you're going to have to make your deck blue slightly heavy. favored towards blue, blue yeah, heavy, because it's sure. very hard to cast these cards otherwise. That's why Teferi just doesn't see that much play, honestly. It's just hard to get them out. Teferi's expensive, too. As a, I mean, it's price-wise, so true, true, true. we understand. But you don't have to have that card. You could have a Dalkin and Leyline. Leyline's not cheap either. Mm -hmm. um, all right, now let's talk about some wizard tribal cards. So Sage of Fables was kind of one. This is a good one, Docent of Perfection. This card's really good in this deck. Yep, so it's three blue-blue for a 5-4 insect horror. It has flying. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you put a 1-1 blue human wizard creature token onto the battlefield. Then if you control three or more wizards... You transform the Docent of Perfection. Now, the wizards that you control do not have to be created by the Docent of Perfection. They can be wizards that were created by Anala. Mm -hmm. um, so your ability to flip Docent is so easy in this deck. And then it flips over and becomes the final iteration, which is a 6-5 Eldrazi Insect with flying. Mm -hmm. But it says... Wizards you control get plus two, plus one, and have flying. All your wizards, including the low tokens you just made with Docent. Wow. So now all of a sudden you're probably actually going to be attacking. You turn into a combat-based yeah. deck. That's this is to a win them. condition in yeah. this deck for sure. And you this flipped. It still says when you cast an instant or sorcery, you make a 1-1 one, one blue human wizard token. Yeah. But it's now a 3-2 cool. with flying, basically. Yeah. The other thing, though, is you have to, uh, in order to transform the Docent in Perfection, you have to cast, cast an instant one. sorcery first, and then it checks for the three or more wizards. Yeah. But still, very good. Giving all your wizards plus two, plus one, and flying, that is certainly a way to win this game and there are enough instants and sorceries you've got 18 in the deck that you're gonna be able to cast one yeah you know that's really all you need because you should have enough other wizards to just do it um uh, very famous land here riptide laboratory obviously goes in this deck where you tap it for a colorless or you can pay one in the blue and tap it to return target wizard you control to its owner's hand so if you're going wizard tribal riptide laboratory is literally built for your deck and again returning it to your hand is what you want to do so you can recast it and make more tokens yeah yeah don't bounce the tokens. Don't bounce. Well, you can. They're going to die by themselves, but it's a waste of mana. But don't do it, yeah. All right, and then the last category is more ramp. Don't forget, you want more ramp. you got 
tons of card draw. The problem you're going to run into is having so many cards and not enough land to deploy them. To play them all, yeah. Or not enough mana to deploy them. So I'd add every one of the signets that are in your colors. That's Is It, Demir, Rakdos. I think something like Urza's Incubator is doable uh, because it makes most of your wizards cost way less. Think of Seagate Oracle. It's two and a blue. Well, it just costs blue. Yeah. I mean, how crazy is that? Chromatic Lantern also, I think, is a big addition yeah. to this deck in that case. It, just being able to do blue, 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 very important. Yep. So I would just I would add at least four more ramp cards, maybe mm -hmm. five or six even, mm -hmm. just because your card draw is so high that you're going to be able to cycle through and find the non-draw, non-ramp cards. Yeah, you're, you're also not, not in the ramp colors, so yeah. it is very important for you to add ramp. Like, my Marchesa deck does not function without all the mana rocks in there. It just doesn't get off the ground. It can't go fast enough compared to someone that's far-seeking or uh, what was that new one? Oh, yeah. Uh, Traverse the Outland, I think. Traverse the Outland, yeah. yeah. Like, it, those cards are going to put other people so far ahead, and you're here dirtling around without a w real win condition. So, you know, make sure that if you're going to play this deck, you either play it more controlly so that you're able to just peck in with damage and win that attrition game so you have more board wipes or you make sure you put in your Vandal Blast and stuff, or you're just able to be a little faster than everyone, and Signets is definitely the way to do that, or just ramp in general. I think we've said this before, but just to hammer it home for those that maybe haven't heard it yet, I believe that most games of Commander are won by stringing together multiple spells in a turn. Mm -hmm. They're very rarely won by I play one spell, then the next turn I play one spell, then the next right. turn I play one spell. You usually get to the point and you're planning for it, and then I'm going to do this and this on the same turn, sometimes three things. But in order to do that, you almost always need a specific amount of mana, and it's usually somewhere in the 8, 9, 10 range. Yeah. Uh, and so... Mana ramp. And that's why ramp's so important, because you need to get to the point where you're doing that before your opponents are. Um, so, very important. Uh, we have a bunch of list of cards that we would say to take out in favor of these cards. I'm not going to read that on the on the show. We're, you can go to the show notes, and those will be all listed for mm -hmm. you. Um, but we're not just saying, oh, add these. What would you take out? We're listing a bunch of cards we would take out. And we're kind of erring on the side of some of the legendary creatures because they don't copy well. Yeah. A bunch of the stuff that has activated abilities because activated abilities are not what Inala wants as much as Enter the Battlefields. Mm -hmm. And then some of the instants and sorceries because, again, we have too much targeted removal, and we're not an instant and sorcery-based deck. We don't have as many ways to take advantage of them. I'm not saying take it all out. Just um, that's what I'm erring on the side of. Yeah, and you'll probably see that when you play it as well. That yeah. You're, you're going to want to be like, oh, I'm going to cast this person and get double. Oh, wait, it's legendary. I mean, Inala is very much Panharmonicon, except for the legendary thing. But for one extra mana, double all your enter the battlefield effects. Is That's a pretty good card. That's a pretty good card. Yeah. Well, that's what the best part about Eminence is that a lot of times when we talk about cards and decks, we're like, oh, man, and if this is on, and if your commander's here too, then you do this. It's like, well, Eminence is always on. So that just makes Seagate Oracle become a four-mana card where you get the ability twice. Yeah. You don't ever need to have Anala on the battlefield for it to trigger. And just think of the difference that makes Seagate Oracle versus Nivix Guildmage. Yeah. Whereas normally in a normal deck, I think those cards are pretty close power level-wise. In this deck, the gap is widened because Seagate Oracle is so much better if you do it twice. Yeah. So... Not to mention, I don't think you ever cast Anala unless you're trying to go for the win condition, in which case you can just wait till the turn to cast just, her and Docent or whatever else is out there to drain people of life. Yeah, I, I can you, see you doing it if you just happen to look down and you're like, I have 10 wizards, but that's going to be so rare. Yeah, she's yeah. just great in the enchantment zone. In the enchantment zone. Yeah. That's the new name of the show, everybody. Welcome to the enchantment Greetings, zone. Greetings, humans. <laughs> you have entered the enchantment zone. zone. Something, something, enchantments are cool. Melissa and <laughs> kick my butt with them. That's true. Yeah. So they are evidently pretty cool. They are pretty cool. <laughs> uh, all right. It's time for two of the listeners. What do you think about the Wizards deck? 
what cards did we miss, you know, cards that you would add that you think we didn't talk about? Or what cards in the deck right now do you think we didn't mention but need to come out? Mm -hmm. And what cards do you think you should go to www.cardkingdom.com slash C17 to pre-order slash order now that the deck is here? Wink. Um, <laughs> I will say this. If you guys are speculators and stuff and you want to speculate on cards, just buy the commanders. They're foil. Yeah. Um, they are going to be good in the long run i don't think any of these are none of these are like womp womps you know they're all good cards so i, would, I think kess is going to be quite good yes i think kess is definitely gonna be good i could see mariseal just being the purveyor of a lot i'm of very excited about the card combos. i don't think it's gonna be like top tier but i think yeah i think kess could be sort of a a high tier maybe not tier one but a high tier card it just yeah. has all the earmarks right instants and sorceries uh reusable recursion type stuff yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely do that so Make sure you do that. Also, another way to support the show is by going to that cardkingdom.com slash C17 link and buying some Ultra Pro product along with your cards. You can buy Ultra Pro product anywhere. It really does help us out. They really have upped their quality game so much in the past few months with the Eclipse sleeves. They got the awesome gravity dice, the heavy metal dice. Now they have deck boxes, sleeves, and play mats all themed to the commander stuff. So really, if you can pick up Ultra Pro products, you are helping the show out a ton. Yeah, for sure. All right. And now yourself. Time. And yourself. And you're helping yourself out. Yeah, that's true. Help me help you. Help me help you. All right, time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I have something. Yeah? I've been on sort of a podcast binge lately, and I found one that I really like. Oh. It's by a guy um, who's written a number of books that I enjoy. His name is Malcolm Gladwell. Yep. And Gladwell wrote a book called The Tipping Point. He's probably most famous for a book called Blink. Uh, a few others he used to write for articles for The New Yorker. Kind of gets into sort of sociology and, and the way that the human mind works and things like that. And mm. he has a podcast and it's called Revisionist History. Now, it's not actually about history in the way that I thought it was. I was like, Malcolm Gladwell, history. I will like this. And I, I watched it and it's sort of like looking at things that have happened through a new lens now about did we analyze that correctly or were we taught correctly about oh, it. Oh, interesting. And it's pretty sweet. Malcolm's got a really great way of sort of formulating thoughts and so I would highly recommend his podcast. It's super interesting. He's just an interesting guy. And it's quick. It's like a half hour long uh, once a week or so. I think they're in the middle of the second season now. I'll check it out. Where can we find it? You can find it on iTunes or probably Stitcher, although I haven't checked there. It's called <laughs> Revisionist History. Malcolm Gladwell. Make sure you guys look it up. I would check out Malcolm Gladwell's books, too. Let me just add that into the end step. As yeah? Are they he, awesome? They're all great. You know what else is? <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Why did you say that? Um, so we have another podcast <laughs> that we want to tell you about. We tell you uh, about it every single week. It's, but our it's just as awesome every time we tell you about it. <laughs> it is our good friends, Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman. You know, Kessler is going to be on this show very soon because very soon. we have a whole ton of extra podcasts in the works because it's Commander Christmas. Commander 2017 is coming out. So. Yeah. Alex is a I'm big dying. commander guy, a very I'm good so commander tired. deck builder, but he's also into modern. <laughs> yep. And so that's what they talk about on their ma on their show, which is the Masters of Modern. You can find them on Twitter at the MMCast or right next to us at collected.company, which is our magic hub. And it's a great way to also expand your magic mind. You know, learn, a little, learn about a little bit on modern. Another way to expand your magic mind is by going to youtube.com slash the command zone podcast, where you can watch mind blowing versions of our podcasts that are in video format. Thanks to our editor, Terry Robertson. And also big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does the Living Card animations that start and end every show. You can find him on Twitter at LivingCardsMTG. Make sure you give thanks to both of these people. They're great. 
Good. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you very soon with more pre-con reviews. It don't stop. It don't stop. Never stop. Never. Oh, boy. I'm so tired. Peace. Peace. I just skipped all this. See you next time. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> what cards do you think we um, should take out or should recommend to take out that we didn't put on our list? Really interested to hear. Hold on. Hold on. Kiwi is... Not. Hey. Kiwi. Kiwi in trouble. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.